Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is love in romantic relationships, OMG, and how to navigate the challenges that might arise in our relationships. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account. GeorginaHudson.couch. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? What's up, people? And I've been told that I haven't talked about romantic love for a long time. And it is so true that I'm bringing you a podcast on the subject. And when I sat down to think about how I would structure this post, I remembered all the love books I've read, all the romantic movies I've seen and also cried with, and all the melodies about desperate lovers I've hummed. The title alludes to writer Pablo Neruda's book, 20 Poems of Love and One Desperate Song. But I think that for every 20 love poems that we embody, we go through endless desperate songs, not just one. And I wish my younger self, the one who went to therapy feeling distraught, the one who cried with so many fears, uh, would have been told, calm down, everything is okay. You'll see how everything falls into place. And I'm not talking about things falling into place magically, because I don't believe in magic, but about doing the right job on oneself, recovering our own power and falling in love with ourselves and with our life to be able to welcome another person later. And this is key. I vividly remember being single, but in a relationship, that is to say, in a relationship with a guy, like a boyfriend, but not married, and feeling horrible because my love, and I, I say love like in between inverted commas, for those partners lasted very little. I was very young, and not so young, to be honest, like for a long time, but when I was single, I thought that if the butterflies in my belly faded away and there were days when I was bored, I had to run away from that relationship because that was a sign of having lost the feeling that had made me start dating the boyfriend I had at the time. And to be honest with you, that was one of my most desperate songs because I came to think that my destiny was to settle for insipid or bland love. And it was awful. And another of my most desperate songs was the one about having to look up to my partner. And to be honest, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I wanted. Did I want to be in a relationship with a rock star on stage who could who I could admire, like from below? Did I long to be with a pseudo genius who thought he was more intelligent than the rest and thus me too? I don't know. And I asked myself, why did I want to lose myself in that other person that I needed to worship? Why didn't I seek that fascination in my own life? That's why I usually say that when it comes to love, there is plenty of idealization and very little self-appreciation. 
And this is like another of the key moments in this podcast, really. So this question of idealizing the other person and worshipping and looking up to him or her, you know, that's a lot of BS. And the pervasive notion of the other half that has to excite, satisfy and complete me is so perverse because it places all the responsibility on the other person. And unfortunately, it is the message that a good part of Western cinema literature and culture in general sell us. And I love watching a rom-com. Don't get me wrong, you know, when I am feeling stressed or a little anxious, a rom-com or, you know, uh, a silly uh, sitcom usually relieves me. But I know it's like watching, like, or, or reading, you know, a fairy tale. That is not true. That doesn't reflect reality. So as long as we have that... Uh, clear in our heads, then go ahead. <laughs> Consume as much Western cinema literature and culture as you want. But I find it quite sad to hear someone uh, telling me I want to divorce. I don't know why, but I'm not excited anymore. Or I can't stand him. He's so boring. Or we're going to separate separate because I don't need her anymore. And mind you, I'm not saying here that we should settle for whatever relationship as couples. We, we shouldn't be doing what people did in older generations where people used to have a marital contract for life and they didn't question anything at all or they didn't question much. What I'm saying here is different. I'm rooting for self-realization. I'm rooting for personal evolution and unleashing our best version in our own lives. If we seek our personal fulfillment in our couple, we will end up feeling frustrated. If we don't love ourselves radically, we will try to fill out our inner void with our couple. But eventually, that won't be enough. That is why I insist the work begins with ourselves. And I was there and I can totally hear you if this is happening to you. I can totally hear my clients and my friends when they share with me that they feel overwhelmed or that their partners are no longer funny or that they don't make them feel complete. And I also feel it's like a syndrome of our times where there are two people who love each other, but one of them goes through a period when they feel depleted depleted or deflated and so they decide to throw in the towel because the relationship is not making them feel what they need. And as I've pointed out many, many times on the podcast, I'm taking out of this conversation all those relationships where people continue despite substance abuse, general violence and mistreatment. In those scenarios, I'm the one who's screaming, get out of that place now. Don't even think about that. Get out. But in this post, I'm talking about people who, like my younger self, despair because the other person no longer gives them, and I am underlying the word gives, the other person no longer gives them what they need, be it fun, calm, passion, stability, significance, or a transcendental life, because we expect so much from our relationships. And I love the fact that 
when there are two fingers pointing to the other person, there are three others pointing to oneself. So what do those three fingers want to reveal to me? Because most of the time, we demand from the other person what we lack ourselves. He doesn't make me laugh anymore. But what is your sense of humor like these days? She doesn't excite me anymore. But what is the relationship with your own body and your sensuality? She behaves like a roommate. Okay, but what is your mood like around her? You know, so we need to start peeling out all the layers. And let me tell you two things more before we round off. I want to make a clear differentiation between love and passion or intimacy. We are going to feed love in our relationships with our verbal and nonverbal communication, with our words and with our gestures. This will bring us closer. It will help us relax. It will make us feel that we are there for each other to cherish and support each other. And this requires a lot of courage since we have to dare to be vulnerable. We have to trust the other person to start over. We have to heal our self-esteem to be able to show our soul to the other person. And what's more, in a relationship, I have to feel confident that I can express my desires in a loving space where they will be welcome. And vice versa, of course, the other person needs to feel the same. We will set healthy boundaries together. We will respect and honor each other's needs. This is crucial. And on the other hand, we are going to nurture passion with a halo of mystery. If we want to strike a healthy balance between certainty and rich intimacy, with our partners, and this is so important, we will have to feed our imagination and sensuality. We will have to reconnect with what excited us at the beginning of our relationship. Remember that when we start going out with someone, we dance to a melody between knowing and not knowing, between novelty and predictability, between adventure and structure. And remember also that it is entirely possible to relive moments like that to spice up our long-lasting bond. So try to think about all the things you used to do that excited you, that turned you on, and, you know, recreate that. Invite your partner to do that with you again, you know. Don't fall asleep. It's very important to be... um, to, to experience this healthy sexuality. And when the foundations of a relationship are solid, love and passion can regenerate. So if you're feeling desperate, you know, let me repeat this. When the foundations of a relationship are solid, love and passion can regenerate. Moreover, you're most likely to fall in love with your partner several times because there will be different stages. Agreements, disagreements, love, heartbreak, everything within the same relationship. And remember something else. When we disconnect from our essence with our self from capital letters, we dissociate from ourselves and it is difficult to connect with others, be it our partners or anyone. But the good news is that when we integrate all of our parts and reconnect with our essence, our well-being overflows and it impacts our relationship with the person we love. So there is plenty of good news here. I hope you liked this post, this podcast. If you know 
anyone who is going through a difficult time in his or her relationship, forward this podcast to them and invite them to subscribe. This is the simplest way to help each other and the simplest way to contribute to, you know, feeling better in a collective way. And as usual, we appreciate your recommendation and evaluation on any of the platforms that you are listening to us. This motivates us to continue offering this free material with this frequency. For the time being, let me send you a very big hug. Until the next podcast.